0: Right at the outset, I want you to know that I'm not here for a political purpose or to rah-rah isn't purpose. Uh, and I think sometimes Christians only know to say, well, God chose them, they're God's people, you got to love them, and that's it. And I think that people don't understand that. So what I want to give you is a cohesive way, because even though we talk about it all the time, I don't think I've done a cohesive study. And this won't be thorough, because you could never do a thorough study in one study on the history, the present, and the future of Israel. That's impossible. It's also not really a Bible prophecy update, though I think those are well when they're kept in the realm of of not trying to predict everything that's going to happen next because it often doesn't work the way we say it was going to happen next. We do know things are going to happen. There is Bible prophecy. I'm 100% behind it, teaching that Bible prophecy is true, and I'm going to do that here but I'm not going to try to give you specifics on what's going to happen next. And we do this with love in our hearts. You know, there's a man named Mossab Hassan Youssef, Y-O-U-S-E-F, Mossab Hassan Youssef. He was a uh, the son of one of the uh, initial uh, formers of Hamas. He's a, he's a son of that guy. He... Uh, saw the wickedness of Hamas, the evil towards Israel, the hatred they had for their own people, how they would kill their own people. And this isn't Rick Cohen speaking. This is You can go listen to him. You can go read his book, Masab Hassan, Yassaf, Sef. And he's only one of others. There are other Palestinian terrorists who have become Christians. There are Jews who hated Palestinians who become Christians. Some of them travel together and share the love of Jesus Christ. So while you're watching all this darkness go on, The gospel is going out, even where you can't see it. So, uh, but this guy explains that he not only came out of the uh, Hamas and uh, began to actually spy for Israel, then he left, got out of there, uh, and sought asylum in the USA, and he also got saved. So in his journey, he got saved. He's a Christian. And if you want to hear about his view of what he's been through and what he thinks who cares about the Palestinian people? you got an inside source there. Is he biased? He's biased by his faith, but he already was biased before he came to faith. When I say biased, he had an opinion. He had an opinion from being in the middle of it. So just understand that. All right. Why is this real important? Lord, we pray that you would show us clearly how to understand and be able to share with others the godly purpose that you have for all mankind. In Jesus' name. So I, I would suggest uh, I want this to be on record. I want it to be on the video. I want it to be that you would take notes or come back and look at the scriptures and see if you don't have to become a robot and follow Pastor Rick's pattern, but could you explain Israel deeply to someone who was actually willing to listen? And I think many of you could. But, and I think many of you know what I'm going to share. But first of all, three reasons that Israel is important. God chose them, and people usually camp on that, and that's true. And then God made promises to them, number two. And then God also made promises to all mankind through Israel. And this is where sometimes we don't communicate to people what they really need to hear. Israel exists so that you can know who God is, not because of the people themselves, but because of God's plan to reveal himself to mankind. Are you with me so far? Does that make sense to you? It is the truth. What promises? Well, we won't put it on the screen, but in Genesis 3.16, I've alluded to it about 20 times in the last year, when God promises the deliverance a Savior, he says the heel of the Savior, the, the seed of the woman will crush the head of the serpent. And that seed of the woman is Jesus Christ. And we've proven that many times through scriptures. This study won't be directly through those verses. However, then in Genesis chapter 12, 1 through 3, we find how God's going to accomplish that through the man named Abram, later Abraham. Now, chapter 12 of Genesis. Now, the Lord had said to Abram, get out of your country from your family and from your father's To a land that I will show you, I will make you a great nation. I will bless and make your name great. I'll bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you. And in you, all A L L, the families of the earth shall be blessed. Now, Abraham was spoken to by God around 2100 BC. Along comes Isaac, and along comes Jacob. Jacob, his grandson, has 12 sons that become the 12 tribes that go down into Egypt, are in, become uh, slaves in Egypt up to 400 years. And then Joshua brings them, after they come out with Moses, you know that Joshua brought them into the land called, what was the land called? Canaan, a land called Canaan with seven Canaanite nations, the Ites, you know, all the Ites. And, uh, and, and to get rid of those people, uh, and that was in 1400 B.C. So what is the deal with the name Palestine? We need to cover that for a minute. Palestine is Latin, Palestina, given to the land of Israel by Hadrian, the Roman, 135 A.D. The temple's already destroyed, but there's the Bar Kokba Rebellion. In, in 135, around 135, 136, and there's a final crushing of all the Jews and a scattering of them, and he so disdains the Jewish people that he changes the name of the land of Israel to Philistia, land of the Philistines, who were wiped out much earlier. Uh, and and uh, he wants to wipe out Israel's identity if we're talking about indigenous peoples, the indigenous people of that land were the Canaanites, who no longer are. There could be a few remnants of them. Palestinians are made up of Arabic people. There were Bedouins and people that lived there. There was Jew and and and, and Jew and Arab living together peacefully for many years there too, centuries. Uh, and, and but there's not a people group, the Palestinians. It's a mixmash it was in the it was when arafat and made the plo in the 50s and 60s highlighted and it, it, there's people who are the local people and we're not to disdain the people but there's no such thing as an ancient palestinian people the name palestine is latin given by hadrian look at any encyclopedia don't just go on the internet and google whoever has an opinion and shares their way of looking at it Go to an encyclopedia before 1960. Go all the way through history, and this is factual information that has somehow just disappeared even from, and especially from, college campuses. Genesis 15:5. We have, when Isaac is to be born and he's not there yet and God makes a promise to Abraham, then he brought him outside and said, look now toward heaven. And count the stars if you're able to number them. And he said to him, So shall your descendants be. So, Abraham's gonna have so many kids you can't number them. That's not really true of Israel as a people. There's far more people in the kingdom through Abraham than just the Jewish people. We'll get to this. And often, just to confirm, just to show you, and I could, you know, how many verses would I need to go through in the Old Testament? ancient, ancient history, as well as God's word. In Exodus 6, 2 through 4, and God spoke to Moses and said to him, I am the Lord, I appeared to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob as God Almighty, but by my name, Lord, or Jehovah, I was not known to them. I have also established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan and the land of their pilgrimage in which they were strangers." So we understand that through Abraham, the promised Messiah, the Savior, Jesus, came. Israel existed because God had to have a people. And then in that people group, he had a family, one of the tribes, Judah. And he promised through Judah would come the Savior, the Messiah. And, and, and that we understand it by reading all of the scripture. And I'm not doing all of that today, but I'm telling you because we're just going to focus on more and trackable. Uh, Have you had a delivery from UPS, and they give you a tracking number? Most of us here have had this, and it's like they're relentless with their emails and texts or or Home Depot or whoever, and you can track, and they'll tell you when it left the storage and when it got into the local one and then when it's on the road and then when they got a time frame, you know, between noon and forever it's going to come. But anyway... (laughs) But anyway, you know, it's like it's like uh, you can track your package, right? Because you can go back through God's tracking system for the Messiah is beyond anything technology has ever thought to accomplish because it tracks for thousands of years and never misses a beat. And you can track it in the Word of God. You can track this. And if you need help on that, well, we'll, we'll help you with that if you haven't been around with our studies on this. So is this only for the people of Israel? Here's God's heart. Here's one example of God's heart in the Old Testament, which is the same heart as the new. Isaiah 56, 6 through 8. Also, the sons of foreigners who join themselves to the Lord to serve him and to love the name of the Lord To be his servants, everyone who keeps from defiling the Sabbaths and, and holds fast my covenant, even them I will bring to my holy mountain and will make them joyful in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices will be accepted on my altar. For my house, notice how many, my holy mountain, my house of prayer, my altar, for my house shall be called a house of prayer for what? All nations. The Lord God who gathers the outcasts of Israel says, Yet I will gather to him others besides those who are gathered to him. See, that's the mystery of the Old Testament. Looking back at it, we get it. The Jewish people were blinded to it by their rebellion to God. In many cases because they were thought they were it and they were righteous and their God's chosen and it's all about them. And it was, it's just like it's when we say it's not about you, it's about Jesus. It's not about Rick, it's about Jesus. You can say that to Israel too. And if they would listen to that, that would help them a lot. If other people would listen to that, it's about God's plan for you and he wants to gather you to him. That would help those people a lot too. Mankind would be helped by humbling themselves, ourselves before God. It's something we long to see, but thats I'm going to get off on a subject there. So, uh, yet I will gather other besides him who are gathered to me. The mystery of the Old Testament revealed so many places. New Testament, Ephesians 3, 3 through 7. You know, Paul says, how that by revelation he, God, made known to me the mystery, as I have briefly written already, for by which when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ which in other ages was not made known to the sons of men, so they couldn't really know, and it has now been revealed by the Spirit to his holy apostles and prophets that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ through the gospel, of which I became a minister according to the gift of the grace of God giving to me by the effective working of his power. He goes, they are partakers of the promise of Christ the promise of the messiah to the jews to all people so on that package that you're tracking you're tracking it into every single gentile country to every single person are you with me are you getting what god is saying it's when jesus said in john three sixteen, he said um god so loved the world so loved the world And and no offense, Cindy, but it wasn't the plants. He loves his plants and his animals. But when it says the world, it means the people of the world. God so loved the world he gave his only begotten son. You can track that, what that means through the Jewish people. You could not track it without the Jewish people. Bingo. Satan doesn't like that. So And Revelation 4 tells us who gathered in that throne are from every tribe, tongue, and people group. It's all trackable. So to keep the promise to all, God has to keep his promise to Israel. He dealt with past, deals with presently, and will deal with them specifically in the future with Israel. In Deuteronomy 28, very difficult chapter, um, but it talks about the blessings upon them for obedience and the punishment for disobedience, and it's important prophetically. God said He would remove them from that land if they practiced the same evil as the nations that they displaced, and God did. But He never said He would permanently take them out of their land. This is where we get into the, what's today, Jeremiah thirty-one, thirty-five, and thirty-six. Thus says the Lord, who gives the sun for a light by day, the ordinance of the moon and the stars for a night light by night, who disturbs the seas and its waves roar. The Lord of hosts is His name. If those ordinances depart from before me, says the Lord, then the seed of Israel shall also cease from being a nation from before me. Pretty intense words of God's promise. You might as well shoot at the sun and try to destroy the sun as get rid of Israel. Furthermore, Jeremiah 33, 25 through 27, thus says the Lord, if my covenant is is not with the day and night. If I have not appointed the ordinances of heaven and earth, then I will cast away the descendants of Jacob and David, my servant, so that, that that I will not take any of his descendants to be ruler over the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I will cause their captives to return, and I will have mercy on them. Will Israel be wiped off the face of the map? No. No matter doesn't say they won't suffer. They won't be wiped. There's no guarantee that the United States will not be wiped off the face of the map. Now I'm not worried about that. I'm not trying to put fear in you. I mean, if you don't have enough sense, frankly, if somebody in today doesn't have enough sense to realize how tenuous our life is here, I don't think I can say anything to make you more or them, whoever's listening. That's and if and if a person doesn't have enough sense to begin to really seek the Lord in sincerity, and get down with God in a real way, I don't know that I can say anything that's going to make somebody change. I mean, the Lord can use prophetic words and speaking His truth, and, and He does. And we're going to we're going to all do that. For what I'm saying is, I'm emphasizing: wake up to anybody who needs to wake up. So, uh, should I use a different mic? Okay. So anyway, so just ignore that. Let's. I can ignore it if you can. So, um, Israel will never be wiped off the face of the map, but superiority or inferiority of any people, listen to me carefully, there is behaviors that are better and worse. There is not moral equivalence, you know, one person gets, a person, a terrorist, kills babies or mothers or blows himself up in in the past in, in 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 a coffee shop to kill people is not the same as soldiers going and trying to kill the person that did that. That's not a moral equivalent, you know. There's greater evil and there's actual evil, and there's not always an equal, uh, uh, equal side. And there's a seesaw you're balancing. There's just wrong things done, evil things done, and so we. But the issue of superiority or inferiority of any people is not the issue. So that means is Israel superior or inferior? Because once you start doing that with people, that's where you go to the genocide-type issues, which is not what Israel is seeking anyway. But regardless of what man is doing, God's view of humanity, for I am the Lord, I do not change, meaning I have my package going, and it's going to get where it goes. Therefore, you are not consumed, O sons of Jacob. For their own sin, God has protected them, because he's made promises to them and through them to all mankind. God blessed the Jews, of course, in many ways. I don't speak this as a Jew, but I did grow up with quite amazement as the success of Jewish people. And I had a few relatives that expected me to reach the same levels of, you know, Japanese and Jewish kids, you know, you either got to be a scientist or a mathematician or, you know, a a lawyer or a doctor or, I didn't get that from my parents, but I had some family members that, you know, you've got to make something of yourself, Ricky. So, uh, uh, you know, the the Jews have stood out of 954 individual Nobel Peace recipients since 1901 to 2022. 2012 were Jews. They either had one Jewish parent or both. 22% of all the Nobel Prizes to a people group that is – 0.2 percent of the population of the world you know this speaks of god's hand upon them uh i took i as a kid i took great credit in jewish pride but now i see it's god's mercy and grace and he's making them stand out even when they don't want to but before entering canaan god spoke these words to moses for them in deuteronomy 7 7 and 8 and then 9 4 and 6 the lord did not set his love on you nor choose you because you were more in number than any other people, for you were the least of all the peoples, but because the Lord loves you and because he would keep the oath which he swore to your fathers. The Lord has brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you from the house of bondage, from the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. So God says, it is not your size or your strength. You are not impressing me on your end. And that's why I chose you. That's important. You aren't going to be able to communicate all these things to some friend or person that's confused. and But you need to have this deep inside of you. It's what you have inside of you that will come out of you in measure as God intends it to by the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Read your Bible. Read the Old Testament with all the troubles If you're going to sit around and go, I wish I understood this stuff, and you don't crack the book, you're just playing a game. Read your Bible. Okay. So Deuteronomy 9, 4 through 6, Do not think in your heart after the Lord your God has cast them out before you, saying, Because of my righteousness the Lord has brought me in to possess this land. Look at how clear God is. Do not think in your heart after the Lord your God has cast them, that's the Canaanites, out from before you, saying, because of my righteousness the Lord has brought me in to possess this land, but it's because of the wickedness of these nations that the Lord is driving them out from before you. It is not because of your righteousness or the uprightness of your heart that you go in to possess their land, but because of the wickedness of these nations that the Lord your God drives them out from before you, and that he may fulfill the word which the Lord swore to your fathers to Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. This is ancient writing. This is back in them entering Canaan land. It's not it's not directed at today and yet here's the issue. It's not their righteousness. And he he he'd restore them because of his promise and his love for them. The same exact way God will restore a Palestinian or a Greek or a South American, or an Australian, or a Russian for his own mercy's sake to reveal His love for mankind, because God is love, and he's showing his love to all mankind through Israel, even those who hate them and are at odds with them. And it never says they would do everything right. In fact, it talks about the wrong that they do, but that God would never forsake them and they would never permanently leave their land but would come back, not once but twice. So in Isaiah 11, uh, at some point in their journey, God says to them in Isaiah 11, 11, 12, one of my favorite verses about this, It shall come to pass in that day that the Lord shall set his hand again the second time to recover the remnant of his people who are left from Assyria and Egypt, from Pathos and Cush, from Elam and Shinar. Babylon area, from Hamath and from the islands of the sea. He will set up a banner for the nations and will assemble the outcasts of Israel and gather together the dispersed of Judah from the four corners of the earth. Now, when people try to place this at some earlier point than 1948, it's not legitimately possible because they were cast out when they went to babylon and they came back and when you read about jesus that's 400 years after they came back from babylon or more are you with me that's during the, they came back from the babylonian captivity and they rebuilt the temple ezra nehemiah and that's that refurbished by herod is where you see jesus walking around and then Jesus says, Oh, Jerusalem, if you'd only known this the day of your visitation, now your house is left to you desolate. They're going to come and trample you down. That was going to happen in 70 AD, not, not when Hadrian changed, Palestine, changed the name to Palestine, but when Titus destroyed the temple and, and, and vanquished the Jewish people then in 70 AD and destroyed the temple. But it was going to go on from there. So they'd been taken out once, they were taken out twice. And now I will restore you a... What nation has come back like this? Nothing, nothing close. I won't even go into the details of that. Impossible situation. Impossible situation. I do know Jewish people who say, well, it's just self-fulfilling prophecy. It was just because of Hitler. It was just because of this. Just because of America getting... Like, Like, the factors are so incredibly unbelievable. You have to simply blind your eyes to say, you have to have blind, you have to be blind not to see the miraculous presence of Israel where it is today. And I won't even go any further on that because you either see it or you don't, okay? And so I will gather, I'll make them a banner for the nations and gather them so all the world can see this flag waving. The Israel flag waving isn't rah, rah, Israel. That's why I'm careful about that. And by the way, I don't do a lot of Bible prophecy updates, and every time there's a current event, try to make it fit. You know me. This is, but this is important, and all of it's good if it's in its right order. I'm not knocking it, but, but I'm pretty careful about that, about hyping up every event. We're not hyping anything right here, and the events are really happening, but the main point is, what, what is God's plan and purpose for Israel, and why are they important? Here we are. They're a flag to the world to say God is real. Would you be able to explain it to a friend? Would you be able to take them back a little bit and show them it's not because of Israel, it's because of God and his purpose and his plan for mankind, given that they allowed you to speak, (laughs) given that they actually said, what's the deal? You know, go through these things. Get familiar with it. Understand it. Then you can share it. Okay, so God disciplined his people, not as revenge, but corrective and prophetic for all. Daniel prophesied that all the kingdoms of men would fall, but one kingdom, one country would not fall into disappearance. It would be Israel. Where is an empire? Not, not just a country, but an empire. Where's the Roman Empire? Where's the British Empire? The people who messed up the Jews in the 30s when they were – Britain, did. you can read the histories. They promised them one thing. They did another. They felt the pressure of the cultures. They were trying to be political. The sun never set on the British Empire. You could trace the decline of the British Empire to the way they treated the Jews. You could say it's more than that. That's fine. I'm just saying it's also there. Okay. Where are these empires? You know, I will bless those who bless you, and I'll curse those who curse you. Is still true. It is still true. So he disciplines his people, but they will never disappear. But the other problem is, is that Satan will attempt to destroy them. So you have this mixture of discipline and God's correctiveness in dealing, but you also have this incredible evil. Revelation 12, 1 through 6, I'll read this to you, is just a synopsis of Satan's attempt to destroy Israel and the Messiah. And it's, it's, a, it's a picture of Satan's, it, it oversees many, it's, it's not just what's happening in Revelation 12 is not just a, a, a timetable event that's going on at that moment. It kind of takes you through the history a little bit. There, a great sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and on her head a garland of 12 stars, kind of like 12 tribes. Then being with child, she cried out in labor and pain gave, to give birth. And another sign appeared in heaven. Behold, a great fiery red dragon having seven heads and ten horns and seven diadems on his head. His tail drew a third of the stars of heaven. We believe that to be the angels, but we are it's not absolute certain, but it sure seems it. And threw them to the earth, and the dragon stood before the woman who was ready to give birth to devour her child as soon as it was born. And even though it took Herod until Jesus was 18 months old to go kill the babies in Bethlehem. Uh, It's still the same picture. She bore a male child who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron, and her child was caught up to God and to his throne. And then the woman fled, so that means Jesus ascended to the right hand of the Father. Uh, I know that's a lot to cover in a short period. Just get the picture. The picture is there's a picture of Satan trying to destroy the people of God, trying to destroy the Messiah, trying to destroy the mother, which is not just Mary, but is the nation of Israel. Do you get that? And it says, then the woman fled into the wilderness. Mary never did this, so it's not talking about Mary. Fled into the wilderness where she had a place prepared by God that she should feed her there 1,260 days. That's halfway through the Great Tribulation. Now, some of you are sitting here and going, what's all this about? I can't explain it right now. Come back to me on it, and maybe we'll do a follow-up on that sometime. So uh, the the hatred for the Jews can be seen spiritually as Satan's desire to destroy what God promised. Satan's desire to destroy what God promised. At the forefront is radical Islam promoted through Iran, Hamas, Muslim Brotherhood, Islamic Jihad. And, And the problem for the Palestinian people, the people that live in that region, is for decades, ever since the inception of Israel, their school books teach them that Jews are not real need to be annihilated. And they use the Quran to do so and they use their other And they're teaching their children consistently through all the time. And there's been there's been presidents' wives have gone and tried to do programs to change the there's been attempts to change the schooling in those countries. And it's not just in Palestine in Gaza and West Bank. It's many places. And I would uh, dare say if you listen to, even before November, excuse me, October 7th, if you went into, um, and it's not all, but if you went into a lot of ma- madrasas and you went into Muslim worship services and listened to their teachers, what they have to say, you're going to hear. I'm not telling you to hate them. I'm not telling you to kill them. I'm not telling, I'm telling you that the, that a lot, a lot, a high percentage believe in the destruction of Israel, the destruction of the United States, and and the moderate Muslims really don't stand a chance against them because they'll wipe them out as much as anybody when they get a chance. I'm sorry, it's just the way it is, <laughs> and it doesn't take two brains to know that. It really doesn't. I don't know what's ha- I, I do know what's happening. The same people that have been teaching our children uh, the relativism of God. Uh, have been also embracing all the teachings about the Middle East that are completely, uh, that Israel is just apartheid and evil. and You know, every time a Jew that does go crazy and kills Palestinians, because there are Jews that do that, go in a fit of rage, it does how many times do you hear about it? in In like 40 years, maybe 20 times, and they get prosecuted and put in jail. They get stopped. A uh, Jew cannot go into Palestine without dying. Palestinians work. There are Arabs who live and work, and Muslims who live and work in Israel and are, are part of even the Knesset, their government. I mean, it, it just doesn't take that much intelligence, but it takes an open heart and mind. And again, not Israel's perfection. I don't know what this word says. So, um, but I, I can tell you that from my childhood experience in synagogue, uh, my time going to Israel, And uh, uh, my time with other Jewish people, I have met one or two who were like uh, filled with hatred for the Arabs. And I've been with many Jews, even from Israel, who go, we don't understand why they hate us so bad. We're trying to make peace. You never see any of that vitriol and evil coming out of them. I don't mean never, but almost never. So it's not pretend either. It's hard to pretend for 50 years when you've lost friends and family. So, uh, so, you know, those books teach you that the purpose, those books that they read, the uh, purpose of your life is to die killing Jews. It would be the highest honor. So um, you wonder why, how, how do our young people get so hooked into all of this, these things that they're being taught? Seeing the Palestinians as victims of Israel, not victims of Hamas. How is that possible with all the information available? Check out Dr. Christian Smith from Harvard. In 2005 or seven, he designed the words, he came up with the, word, more, the term moralistic therapeutic deism. Moralistic therapeutic deism. Feeling good about yourself, standing with an underdog, even when you don't know any of the circumstances, but it makes you feel good to support somebody that seems to be oppressed. And feeling good about yourself with the relativism is also encapsulated. He did a bunch of studies with young people, and we were all young once, and we all were impressionable. If you're young here today, I'm not mocking you or putting you down or saying anything, but, you know, frankly, I would just tell you, you know, have the guts to stand up. You know, there's no excuse to give to a young person and say, well, poor baby, it's so hard out there. Everybody's against Christianity. That doesn't help a young person. Here's what helps a young person. Get some guts to stand up for Jesus and what's true and find out what's really true. And don't just go with your friends because it makes you feel good and with the group that makes you feel good. And frankly, you know, I was 18, I came to the Lord and all my friends, you know, all the drug doing and all that stuff, we had to stand up and say, no, this is wrong, Jesus is right. We got called Jesus freaks and we got ostracized. And I thank God for every bit of it. So I would say to any young person, uh, stand up. Uh, be careful, because you might get beat up. <laughs> in our day, it was they'd just make fun of you. And today, there's kind of a lot of violence out there. But don't get into moralistic therapeutic deism, feeling good about yourself because you have such a good heart. That's not what the Bible says, and we covered that last week. And that's true for me and you, all whatever age you are. So Jesus knew the temple would be destroyed in 70 AD. He talked about it. But he also knew Israel would come back to their land. And in Luke 21, 24, it's amazing. You need to understand this, I believe. We need to understand this. Jesus is giving the uh, Olivet Discourse where he's talking about the last days and the time of his second coming. And he says in verse 24 of chapter 21 of Luke, And they, the people of the land, will fall by the edge of the sword and be led away captive into all nations. That was when Jesus was talking about Jerusalem getting trampled. And he goes, and Jerusalem will be trampled by the Gentiles until. Jerusalem will be trampled by the Gentiles until the time of the Gentiles are fulfilled. The time of the Gentiles, the church age is what we're in. Daniel prophesied 70 weeks, a week being seven years, 69 of those weeks happen, then the Messiah comes and gets cut off, Daniel chapter 9, 24 through 27. And then there's this week, this seven-year period of time called the Great Tribulation when Satan makes his final showing to try to rule the world and overcome God. And where does he come against? The Jews. Because is, and, and every verse, Old Testament and New Testament, everything that we read shows you, we could do hundreds of verses now, that would show you Israel has to exist for Jesus to come back. That's his plan. That's not because Rick Cohn wants that to happen. doesn't matter what I want. My opinion doesn't matter. What matters is God said what would happen and said Israel will exist. Jerusalem would get under the foot of Gentiles until it's fulfilled. We talked about briefly Ezekiel 38 and 39 after the rising of the bones in chapter 36 and 37 of Ezekiel, the regathering of Israel. That second time, which they are now, uh, you know, that is going, when's that going to transpire? I don't know. Is this leading to it? Well, everything's leading to everything. So if it settles down, how's it going to settle down right now? Your guess is as good as mine, okay? Could settle down. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know what's going to happen in the near future, but if that's going to be the powder keg that, that starts things going, in a real direction, where will the USA be? Well, right now, we're supportive of Israel. I know there's the one hand to Iran, and there's the one, but we're supportive of Israel. We got our ships over there. We're shooting down drones and missiles, and we're engaged already. We got, but at some point, the United States will either be out of the picture because it cannot function, either America cannot function, or America will not function to assist Israel. So that is going to happen one way or another, whether it's your lifetime or whether it's the next two years or whether it's the next two weeks, I do not know. But they're not, the nations that sit by are not going to interfere with Ezekiel 38 and 39. And we know Israel has to be in their land when Jesus comes and sets his foot on the Mount of Olives because Zechariah 14, Zechariah 14 says, the Lord will come and set his foot on the Mount of Olives and it will split in two. The Mount of Olives is not in Southern California. It is not in Washington, D.C. It is not in Rome. It is not in Brazil, Israel. The Messiah will come and rule and reign in the land, uh, from the land of Israel, not just in. As king of the Jews and king of all mankind, Isaiah talks at length about it. Jeremiah talks at length about it. Ezekiel talks at great length about it. Daniel talks about it, and so do the other minor prophets, many of them. If we understand these things, um, Ezekiel 38 and 39 is not the last issue. But Zechariah 12, I'm going to give you a few verses in Zechariah, and then I'm going to shut it down. And I could just sit here all day because all you have to do is just keep going through the Bible. So um, Zechariah 12, the burden, verse 1 through 3, the burden of the word of the Lord against Israel, nations of the earth, informs the spirit of man within him. You notice God talks about his relationship with the heavens and the earth and every single human. Every single human is brought into account with God through all of this. Whether people agree or not, whether they have opinions or not, and I don't think we want to belittle people. I'm not here to belittle anybody, including Palestinians. It is just that God has determined his own method and way to speak and act. And you know what? People rebel against that in every way, shape, and form. I'm going to just interject here. People rebel against God saying to them in the New Testament, you need to do this behavior or stop that behavior. Well, I don't think that's blah, blah, blah. I don't have to listen to that. People stand up against God all the time. You've done it. You've done it. I've done it. I've done it as a Christian because I'm a sinner saved by grace. Now, I understand it, and I don't want to be that way. And I have a heart to follow God. I have a heart to, to, to really follow him. And so do you, I hope, and I believe. But if we ourselves know the pull to disobey and rebel against God, just understand that the reason people don't get it Is rebellion. And it could be, if it wasn't Israel, it would be something else (laughs) because we're rebellious against God. And you don't have to defend Him and you don't have to feel guilty for being supportive of what His Word says. And you don't have to force anyone you can't to believe. But you do your part and you take the heat because that's just part of life and you love them back, even if they're not responding. I'm not here to, I'm here to encourage you to be loving and show people that Jesus came for them, and the Israel is still the picture God used, and the plan God used to make that happen, and he's using them today, and we need to be wise and help people see it. And I'm You know, it's a challenge. Well, welcome to real life. It's a challenge, but it's a great challenge. Learn about it. Dig in. Pray about it. Give me someone to talk to who's confused and scared and doesn't understand. Lord, give me someone to talk to. So anyway, that was preaching. The rest is just clear teaching. Totally. Okay, so... So the burden of the word of the Lord goes Israel, the, Lord's, the Lord who stretches out the heavens, lays the foundation of the earth, forms the spirit of man with him, within him, behold, I will make Jerusalem a cup of drunkenness to all the surrounding peoples, when they lay siege against Judah and Jerusalem. That's not today. That's not yet, guys. It shall happen in that day I will make Jerusalem a heavy stone for all people. And all who would heave it away will surely be cut in pieces, though all the nations of the earth are gathered against it. We're not there yet. They're not going to disappear, but the day will come. Maybe they will do such damage in in, in uh, Gaza. Maybe the whole. Maybe things will turn. There's no maybe. Somehow that's going to happen. And again, I don't know where the United States will be on this. Four through nine reveals the Messiah's victory over those who are coming against Jerusalem. And then in verse 10, God never lets go of Israel completely. And I will pour on the house of David and on the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace and supplication. They will look on me whom they've pierced. They will mourn for him. Yes, they will mourn for him as one mourns for his only son. May I read that again? They will look on me whom they pierced. Yes, they will mourn for him as one mourns for his only son. Me and him seem to be one. And grieve for him as one grieves for a firstborn. So God says the nations will come against Israel. God will vanquish those nations. Everyone who tries to get rid of them, they'll be like throwing a stone and have it land on your head. Everyone who tries to run away from it will trip over it. You can't run away from it. I'm talking about Israel because you can't get away from it. And those who try to ignore it or those who try to defeat it are in trouble. We love all people and we're to reach all people. But we're to understand God's method for reaching all people. And you know, see, that's what the gospel is. The gospel is exclusive. You must turn to Jesus Christ. We are exclusive in our view, and it makes us alienated from a lot of people, and they're angry, and we're very distasteful to them because of the exclusiveness of the gospel. Do you? I know they don't understand. Do you understand? The gospel has to be exclusive, that you have to come through the door that God made. It has to be exclusive in order for it to be inclusive. There's no people group that can fit in or individual that can fit into the kingdom by good works or some religion or philosophy. There's nothing out there to cleanse your sin. So the gospel is exclusive through Christ because he's the only one who died on a cross and unnecessarily for himself didn't have to, but chose to, to pay the penalty for your sin, a Islamic terrorist sin, a Jewish dissident sin, an Italian mafia sin, or other mafias. There's plenty of mafias everywhere. There's it's, it's the exclusiveness of the gospel we celebrate because it opens the door for inclusiveness to anyone and everyone. Nothing else does that. And in the same light, because the gospel of Christ was presented to us through that tracking through Israel that will finish with Israel and the whole world will have a flag wave to it. It's exclusively through Israel in the sense that that is promise to Israel, not because of Israel, because of God's love for every person. So it's the gospel. It's the gospel. And what will happen to the Jews, chapter 13, verse 1 of Zechariah? They're going to mourn over him, but then it says in chapter 13, verse 1, in that day, a fountain shall be opened for the house of David and for the inhabitants of Jerusalem, for sin and for uncleanness. They're going to go through a tremendous amount still. They don't want to hear this. A Jewish person could really be angry at me right now for saying this. They could be as angry at me for saying what I'm saying as an Islamic terrorist could. They might present differently. <laughs> they would definitely probably present differently. Uh, there are people that would kill us and me if they had a chance. They get three for one: American, Jew, and a Christian, and you, know, you get a long one one shot. you know those who are but there are others that get saved. And there are people who are trapped, and we get that. We, we see that. We can't fix that. But but the Jews are going to go through a lot yet to come, and it is heartbreaking. And Satan wants to see through difficulty. And, and, you know, every human's rebellion brings them difficulty. If you sit here today and you don't think your rebellion your rebellion is going to or has brought you any difficulty you just haven't been around yourself long enough the day will come when you'll see it if you're listening and you go you know i my rebellion doesn't really it must be kind of small potatoes and it doesn't matter no you know it you were created by a God who loves you and wants you here, and he has every purpose for your life. And when you rebel against him, you wound your own soul in ways that you can't even understand. And Israel has their problems too in their lack of faith in the God who made them and chose them and made promises to them and through them. But this is coming, chapter 13, 1. In that day, a fountain shall be opened for the house of David and for the inhabitants of Jerusalem for sin and for uncleanness. A future sense of cleansing, forgiveness from sin from the Old Testament. This is not a New Testament verse. You guys really understand that? This is Zechariah. Jews read this all the time so much more we didn't even get to romans 9 through 11 that says god will restore israel they're the natural olive branch you were grafted in god's going to keep them all israel the national salvation meaning that there will come a time when god will redeem them and many of them will be there looking at the one that they pierced and and trusting in him and turning to him and repenting it's a beautiful thing though it's a difficult thing God will keep his promise to Israel, and that's how you know he'll keep his promise to you. That is how you know that he loves the world of people, even people like Paul, who was chasing down and persecuting and seeing Christians killed. Remember, that was him. He was cursing under his breath. With every breath, he was breathing out threatenings and slaughter to the Jews and to the Christians. (laughs) And for the believer, how are you and I going to go through all this that's coming? Perhaps more poignant, poignant or important to you, perhaps more important to you right now is how am I going to get through this? Well, God keeping Israel, first of all, you're, you're not going to go through as much, you're not going to go through the trauma of a nation over 2,000 years, so you don't have to worry about that. It's impossible. That's a whole other story. How's God going to keep you? Philippians 1.6 says, and I don't think I put it on the screen, he who began a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. What God started in you, he's going to complete. If he can keep Israel for centuries through all these incredible, incredible things, he can keep you. If you can't keep Israel, then you have to doubt. God intended that you would see those two things, and together you would say, God will keep his promise to me. I can trust God. Because it has to be bigger than you for it to matter to you. If it's not bigger than you, if it's all right here in your life, you're kind of hopeless because you can't see everything, and you react according to your fears and your worries and your anger. But if you take a step back and see the big picture, you can begin to piece things together. So God will keep his promise to Israel, and that's how you know he'll keep his promise to you. It's one way. But for some people listening, and I don't know if you're in this room today or if you're listening online, but I need to say it, today's the day of salvation. You need to actually get right with God. If If you are a believer who has drifted away, today's the day to get right with him. If you're not a believer that has not truly given your heart and mind and life to Jesus Christ, confessed your sins and believed in your heart that God raised him from the dead, that he died for you, and that he can live in you through the Holy Spirit. This is his promise to you, and you can reject it, and nobody can force you to take this. And it does matter to me. I would not say people kind of go like, well, there's no skin off my nose. That's your... Well, that's not God's heart. It was skin off of his body. He paid with his blood. So you matter to him. We can't make you believe, but if you are not walking with Jesus, if he's not your Lord and Savior, you can today, that fountain is available today to all and any who call on his name. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So if you are here and you don't know Jesus, make today the day you come to know him. Come up afterwards, talk to a friend you came with. You know, saying a prayer isn't the whole deal, but praying together and confessing your sin and asking Christ to come into your heart and be your Savior, this is important. This is extremely important. And I would like those who those who pray for people, as soon as we're done praying, to come up to the front and be here. If you need prayer for anything today, do not miss an opportunity to receive prayer. And maybe you have a situation that doesn't match Israel. I don't either, but I have things I want to pray for, and I love getting prayer. So you guys who pray, just come up and be here. Don't worry if people don't show up right away, but let's come right up, and, and I'd like you guys